want a boy. You're tearing me apart. What about what I want? What? What? Doesn't what I want mean anything at all? Oh. Okay, interesting. Tell us. Welcome back. It's the new year, 2022. And now we get to uh, what's probably regarded as the most hated Child's Play slash Chucky movie in the series. That's right, we're continuing our spotlight on Child's Play, taking the journey, completing the skeleton crew pieces that were abandoned or just never completed. So this is... My first attempt at that, we already reviewed Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky, so I was filling in all the rest. And I'll get into that, because that's going to come into play in the next two shows. So Seed of Chucky was the last theatrical release in 2004. I was in the theater for this one. Chucky and Tiffany are resurrected by their innocent, gender-confused daughter, Glenda, and hit Hollywood, where a movie depicting the killer doll's murder spree is underway. Don Mancini wrote and directed this one. So as you remember, in Bride of Chucky, uh, Tiffany gives birth at the end of the movie. She gave birth to Glenn or Glenda, and uh, he was shipped off to the United Kingdom or something and got an English accent. And I think they did that because they wanted to give him, like, he was very distinct in actually a lot of ways. But uh, before I get into that, so the the voice of him is Billy Boyd. You got Jennifer Tilly back, Brad Dorf back, Andy Barkley is nothing once again. Chucky, there's the second movie where he's not exactly the focal point. Once again, Tiffany and Jennifer Tilly steal the show. Not really sure why Chucky took a little bit of a back seat in those two movies, this one and Bride of Chucky. You know, he's still prominent enough, but yeah, I, I think the... Jennifer Tilly was the main thing here, the main through line in this whole movie, it seems. But it works. I mean, there's definitely enough of him where it's not a thing. So this is a movie like a lot of them in the late 90s, early 2000s, where they put a rapper in the movie. And usually that definitely kills a movie. It killed Halloween Resurrection, famously. But there are movies where it really didn't hurt, like Halloween H2O. LL Cool J being in that movie did not hurt it one bit. He was actually one of the better actors in it, and it's always great to see him. In this movie, I don't think Redman killed it in that way. And I don't mean killed it as in he did a great job. I mean, I don't think he killed the movie. I don't think he, he had the same effect Busta Rhymes had. I think he was perfectly likable. Nothing wrong with him. He didn't do anything obnoxious. He didn't show that he's a star in the movie. He just acted like, you know, he's kind of just being pretty chill. <clears throat> so he didn't bother me in this movie. So, like I said, this movie has a lot of dynamics to it. 
uh, the dynamic of like the sponsors thing, like Chucky and Tiffany saying they have to stop killing now that their parents, Tiffany being the driving force for that and Chucky being the resistant one makes perfect sense. And the way they played it, having Tiffany call that person the sponsor and saying, you know, I messed up. Oh, yeah, it was a mess, this and that. Um, that was interesting and definitely a cool little uh, device to play out through the whole... Every every element and every device in this movie really works and it comes together nicely in the end. Like them treating killing like alcohol. I just had a little slip today. Oh, it's okay. Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, Tiffany calling the, the widow of the the guy she murdered one time. and <laughs> I mean, like, pretty fun writing here and pretty well thought out writing. The gore in this movie is a 10. I mean, right off the bat, when Chucky and Tiffany kill that dude working the uh, animatronics, really good. So this movie gets a lot of hate. And I guess, I don't know, the question would be, like, why all the hate? You know... I mean, this movie is a sardoodledum. A sardoodledum for sure. But it's almost like, you know, when we talked about tone changes in horror, and we talked about how, like, things get goofy, like Texas Chainsaw, or Freddy, or Jason, or even Wrong Turn, or whatever it is. Like, things eventually stop being scary, but they're fun, and you want more of them. So, filmmakers decide to have more fun, since they can't scare you anymore. They can make you cheer and laugh at the gore, but they can't scare you, so the only other route to go is let's have a blast. And clearly, that's what they did here. Bride of Chucky is kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, in that sense. And Seed of Chucky is like Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. They hinted at things that they're going to start doing, but then they just really went for it. Or maybe you could say more like Bride of Chucky is more like Nightmare 3, and then Seed of Chucky is like Freddy's Dead. That might be a better comparison, but these two, this, this franchise did it from back-to-back movies instead of spanning a couple and then getting there. I think I'm okay with it because the writing was clever, and they had, like I said, a lot of devices that all came together, and... All the dynamics really worked, and it made for an interesting experience. And the character of Glenn and Glenda has so many layers to him. I mean, this is the most non-one or two-dimensional character you could ever imagine. It's like the Halloween 2 effect, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Rob Zombie gave Laurie Strode so much character depth, and the trauma of Halloween 1 and how it affected her, everyone hated it. Like, they don't want that much character out of people. They, people want less. Less is more, it seems, to, to most people. And the less complicated something is, people enjoy it more. The more basic it is, people seem to enjoy it more. And the more kind of convoluted and layered something is, people kind of lose interest for some reason. That obviously doesn't seem to work for me. Like, Psycho 3 has a lot more layers, and that worked for me. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 worked for me for that reason. And this works for me. I mean, I'm not saying this is great at all. I'm just saying I don't get the hate compared to anything else. I'm not going to go as far as say, like, what, do you guys not like to have fun? Because the response would be, yeah, we do, and this wasn't fun. Fun, you know, it's subjective like anything else. I guess people didn't find this fun. 
But I was amused through most of it, and I liked the clever writing through all of it, and how it all came to- together. Like, there's Glenn or Glenda. Obviously, you should know the Ed Wood movie, Glenn or Glenda. So look that up, or just look up what it's about, because I won't get into it in this, but that's kind of the whole basis for this kid. But his character's totally fleshed out. Glenn being the good one, and then sort of, when he, and there's a lot of psycho stuff in this movie. Like when he dresses up as mother or as a girl, Glenda, that's when he does the killing. So it's very Norman Bates ish. Uh, this isn't like a transgender character. I mean, I don't think Mancini was doing that kind of stuff. It's more like a schizophrenic kind of thing here. Um, I mean, this thing had nothing between its legs. I don't even know what's going on with that. And at the end of the movie, they, they split the soul. <laughs> I guess this thing has two souls, I don't know. But totally layered in the nightmares, in being lost, in finding his parents again, in adjusting to his parents, seeing what they do, the traumatization of when they want to stop killing, but then he kills, and then he accidentally kills the guy in the photo developing room, how traumatized he is where he doesn't know if he's a boy or girl because there's nothing down there, and he feels both ways, he just doesn't know. He's totally lost. There's just a million dynamics with this kid. It's really interesting. He's hideously ugly, though. So I think I think that bothers a lot of people. But either way, let's take a little journey through this movie, Seed of Chucky. So like I said, there's tons of homages to Psycho in this movie. The Arbogast kill and the beginning opening dream of Glenn. I'll just call him Glenn for now. I'm not going to keep saying Glenn or Glenda. And he's a boy for most of the movie. Or I can call him Shitface if you want. So you get the Arbogast kill going down the stairs. You got the shower kill, which was a funny twist. You expect it to be one thing, but he drops the knife and she just falls out of the shower and dies. Where he says, I wouldn't hurt a fly, and the fly is on his hand just like the end of Psycho. His uh, master being called Sykes. Then they make a, they're making a Chucky movie, much like Scream and Stab, called... Oh, yeah, yeah, this is also more, you know, um, this movie's in line with what Bride of Chucky was, the very meta thing, I guess. You know, the public being aware of the Chucky doll. Now they're making a movie about it. And it's called Chucky Goes Psycho. So another psycho. They really laid heavy with Psycho in the beginning of this movie. So Jennifer Tilly is in this movie. She wants to play the Virgin Mary for Red Man. She was 46 when this movie came out. And uh, she looked damn good. 46. That was 18 years ago. Amazing how much she's held up. And I love that she's still into this. Like, she's totally committed to this at, like, 62 or 63. How cool is that? She certainly doesn't need to do this, but she always had an affinity towards it. She she posts pictures of Chucky and Tiffany all the time on her Instagram. I mean, she's totally gung-ho. And I really love her in these movies. She really is good. So, you know, if you want to talk about her being all burnt up at the end of the last movie and Chucky being shot with the gun and all that... Uh, I don't know. They come back as, as these uh, fresh-looking dolls uh, used for the movie, I guess. I Like, I have no idea where Burnt Tiffany is or Shot Chucky is. I don't know if they fixed up those dolls or why they would even bother to do that. But it's very um, confusing when Glenn just comes over and reads the thing off that thing he was trying to get in The Bride of Chucky. And they just come to life and... They don't care, I guess, at this point, to really give a good explanation of how they came back. But those personalities are in those dolls somehow, just from reading that thing, and it's a two-for-one deal. I don't know. I don't know really what's going on with that. 
So like I said, they had to de decapitate the special effects, dude, and it was amazing. The blood on their face while they're making out, just wild. So the fam goes home with T uh, Jennifer Tilly after she's traumatized by making out with a decapitated head. Uh, Chucky making fun of Meg Tilly's voice. First, he thinks she's a good sport for that, but oh my god, that doesn't even begin where she's a good sport, whether it be cheating on her diet or her career or everything else this movie makes fun of. A uh, good sport, I mean, is the, the least you could say about Jennifer Tilly in this movie. Um, I love the way they, they approach, like, when he's like, why do you kill people? And he's like, uh, I don't know, it's just hobby i guess relaxes me like it's just funny the nonchalant don't care attitude it's just more great chucky stuff so like i said they're parents now so tiff doesn't want to kill anymore but what they decide to do is since glenn or glenda doesn't know if he wants to be a guy or a girl they decide to get jennifer tilly pregnant with chucky's sperm and whatever that baby ends up being, they will transfer Glenn's soul into that baby, and that's the sex he will be. He doesn't get a choice or anything. I mean, just the whole premise. What I love about this movie is it's so fucking whacked out. The entire premise of this is just nuts. And it's when you don't care. I mean, it's the beauty of it in a way. Like, it's all just wacky shit. But you gotta remember, what else could it be? You want something more grounded? You just want to repeat one through three? You don't want to go balls to the wall, fun with this, and just have the most insane visuals ever? And the most insane premises ever? I mean, as long as it's done in a fun, entertaining way and in a smart way, I don't see what the problem is. But again, people would just say, but it's not fun. I hated it, you know? So, like, that's why reviews really don't matter it's more it's more about the experience and the walkthrough in your mind of the movie it doesn't really matter what someone's opinion is of the movie like it or hate it. it that doesn't seem to matter as much as maybe the exploration of the material itself so i wonder if like it's even worth stressing how much i like or don't like something i mean the only thing you could stress by saying you like something is maybe it makes people subconsciously not be so hard on something and maybe they'll find something they enjoyed that they didn't before which is all you could kind of hope for like yeah man it's good check it out no you're missing it it's good because of this or because of that you see and they're like oh yeah i guess so i never thought of it like that i mean that's all you could hope for here not that i'm trying to change minds or anything i mean in the end what difference does it make if 26 more people in the world like this movie after hearing something good about it you know it none of it really matters it's all about just killing time having a good time keeping this all in perspective and um having a good time like chucky's having right now while he whacks off to fangoria i mean that is awesome the whole thing the whole setup of him going through the magazines and he gets to that one he goes yeah all right and the guy sees says there's a masturbating midget in the window and the way chucky's hair is all like wild and spiky it's just so funny yeah if i were making this movie i'd be laughing my ass off while we film that scene I, I don't know but you know despite all the jokes of jennifer tilly's career she she's worth 25 million dollars i mean so it can't be that bad um i don't know maybe it's all simpsons money i don't know so Britney Spears gets murdered by Chucky, and he says, oops, I did it again. Uh, let's see, so it's two, it was six years after that song of hers. Um, eh, still funny. I don't know. I wasn't rolling on the floor laughing, but yeah, it was funny. That he even know. I don't even know how he would even know that song. 
I mean, he died in 88, and like I said, he only only had, like, how many days of being conscious that I talked about in the last movie where he said, gee, Tiff, I thought you'd let yourself go in The Bride of Chucky. When did he think that? He's he's been in existence for, like, eight days since 1988. How would he think anything? Yeah, I guess somehow in 98, he came across the Britney Spears song? I don't know. He would have had to hear... He would have had to hear it while being in the van with those two idiots in... in Bride of Chucky, and then somehow know who Britney Spears is, and then know what she looks like. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Again, not something you're supposed to think about. So then we get to the guy who was taking photos, the paparazzi taking photos of Chucky and everybody. And, uh, Chucky follows him to the developing room, goes to take him out, Glenn tries to push him out of the way, and acid falls on him and melts half of his face off, and they take a nice, wholesome picture. Very reminiscent of Toxic Avenger. But those girls didn't take a picture with the kid. Like, no girls posed in the picture of the smashed head on the street. I guess they didn't want to incriminate themselves. But Chucky don't care. But yeah, that was an awesome kill. And he looked even, like, crazier in the picture. So, Tilly gets impregnated from Chucky's sperm donation. Tiffany disembowels Redman in another awesome kill. I think what was awesome about that was the whole drop dead Redman and he drops dead. It finally works, and um, the steam, because everything in your body is like 98 degrees, so the way it was hot and steaming definitely added a touch to that. I love Martha Stewart going to jail during this movie, because remember they talked about Martha Stewart? Fuck Martha Stewart and all that stuff. And now look at her, uh, and then they say she's going to get executed. (laughs) But it was an awesome callback, especially with how things developed with her. Uh, I don't know if anybody noticed when he was like, Girl, boy, you're tearing me apart. Uh, A lot of younger people might just know that from the movie The Room, when Tommy Wiseau was like, You're tearing me apart, Lisa. But he stole that from James Dean, when he was like, You're tearing me apart. You, you say one thing, he says another, and everyone goes back again. That was actually James Dean who said that in Rebel Without a Cause. Even great writing, like, when he says, you know, killing is not something you should have to hide in a closet. And he hits the closet and Redman falls out because Tiffany was hiding it in the closet. It is what it is, but I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, she's doing the same shit he is. She's no better, but she's still preaching. Total hypocrite. And you gotta love that, too. A lot of dynamics. So how does Tiffany know she sounds exactly like Jennifer Tilly? Or doesn't she know? Or it's like, it's a very weird thing. Like, it's it's almost like she doesn't seem to know she got her body back at the end of the movie. She never says, wow, I'll get my body back. I guess she doesn't realize she's identical to Jennifer Tilly. Like, it's weird. It's a weird thing to wrap your head around. Again, it's a movie. But, you know, this movie really seems like people weren't ready for it or something. It's almost like too ahead of its time. It's almost like... Even, like, again, in Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, I think at the time, people... I don't know, but it almost seems like these are things that people can like more later on, later down the road. I don't know. Um, and an epic kill when Jennifer Tilly's assistant comes to the house, when her and the dude are tied up, the limo driver. Glenda sets Tilly's assistant on fire, and she falls from the balcony on top of her head. Wow. And then Glenda's like, what am I? Like, just really cool stuff. It's so much better that, like, having those types of dynamics than just being a normal kid who talks normal um, and just kind of follows his dad around and helps him kill. Like, how boring would that be? 
you know, to have all of these um, inner battles and things like that and having the battle of lifestyles and having trying to overcome something like Tiffany's doing and all this type of stuff, like these struggles and all this stuff, it really adds so much and gives so much flavor to the movie. So Jennifer Tilly gives birth to twins, a boy and a girl. That actually happens more often than you imagine. My buddy actually did that. He has twins. One's a guy, one's a girl, so... <clears throat> it happens pretty often. J-Lo did that, actually. She had twins, Emmy and Max. Boy and a girl. So, a really great moment happens when Chucky embraces being a doll. Again, great writing. You know, he was supposed to be Red Man. Once again, Chucky was gonna be a bro. <laughs> but he was gonna be Red Man. And then... Tiffany was going to be Jennifer Tilly. So now that she killed Red Man, Chucky has to be the limo driver now instead. And it's a, even a great moment where Chucky's looking at this. He's like, I don't want to be your fucking limo driver. He goes, what the hell kind of life is this going to be, you know? And, and then he totally embraces being a notorious, one of the most notorious killers, Chucky, the killer doll. He says, I dig it, you know? And it's everything you want to hear Chucky say. Think about it. You've been watching four movies now. Where Chucky, essentially, all he's trying to do is get out of this doll that he got himself into in 1988 on the night of his death and get into a human body and just be a regular, boring person like all of us. When we're sitting here thinking it's so awesome that he's a killer doll. It's almost like the Wolfman scenario. How we spent so many movies watching Lon Chaney Jr. as the Wolfman trying to just end his life because he doesn't want to be cursed forever as a wolf or having doctors do surgery on him so he stops turning into a wolf or whatever the case. And then we finally get to Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein where now he's just who he is and he's doing his thing. And look how much better that was to watch and to have fun with than just constantly watching a guy trying to end his life or trying to end his curse. It's kind of, they, they become kind of one-trick ponies in that sense. So, to get to this point of Chucky's overall arc is incredible. Okay, so we're done with this. We're done with chasing little kids around. We're done with cha- with trying to find the, the thing in your coffin to... At any time now, you could put yourself in someone else's body. You're actually just fine being Chucky the doll. Okay, great. Now, now what are we going to do? You know, we could finally move on. We could finally, you come to you, you accept what you are, and we're done with this whole, wow, is Chucky going to get out of the body this time or not? You know, like, we're finally done with that. Now we could just do other stuff. It's very relieving. It's great. It's a great moment. And it happened in this movie that you hate so much. You know, like, a lot of good things happen in this movie that you hate so much. Which is why I'm kind of confused at all the hate. I realize they went pedal to the metal on this one, but does that really matter in a Chucky movie? Isn't it, like, whacked out as it is? Wasn't 3 whacked out? Bride of Chucky was? I mean, but then I guess those people would say, yeah, so the only good one is the first one or two. Okay, I guess. I don't know. If you love Chucky and love Brad Dorf and, and all that stuff, I don't, I don't see... I don't know. I don't want to keep harping on that idea, but... It's just a bunch of craziness and chaos to me. Outlandish, whacked out, but it's everything. Like, they're just whacked out people, and you're just watching this craziness. And then you go back to your normal, typical, mundane life. Not saying everyone's is. I'm just saying, but we all do pretty normal things compared to all of this. 
everyone's life is pretty boring compared to this, right? Would you say? I mean, even if you're having orgies every night, that's pretty exciting. But other than that, aren't you just kind of going to work and coming home and watching TV and going out, going out to dinner, hanging out with your friends? Is that really as wild as this? You know? But these are the people that would do that. They're screwed up. And that's the fun of watching this. I love how the limo driver never gets to say I love you to Jennifer Tilly. (laughs) At any point, whether he gets a sock in his mouth, he can't say it, or he's dying. So the cops show up, so everything doesn't go down at this moment. Tiffany pumps Jennifer Tilly with a a drug, which later on doesn't seem to affect that body anymore once uh, (laughs) Tiffany takes over, but whatever. So she pumps her full of something, knocks her out on the floor, pretty much. Tiff does a spell to switch with Jennifer Tilly. Chucky comes through the door like The Shining, and he's like, I really can't think of anything to say. (laughs) Uh. And then somebody would say, well, see, that's not funny. It would be funnier if he had something funny to say. Saying I have nothing to say isn't funny. That's not trying. And I'm like, no, I think it's... Sometimes I think I would look through there and you should say something big. Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of into killing you guys right now. I really don't have anything to say. I do relate. I think that is funny. I don't know. So Chucky slams the axe in Tiffany's head in a confusing moment because Tiffany goes to the ground. And then she says to the son, you know, don't make the mistakes your parents made. But she already did the switch spell on Jennifer Tilly. Did they switch places or not? That couldn't be Jennifer Tilly saying this to Glenn, right? It's Tiffany saying it to Glenn after she did the switch and she's dying in the plastic doll's body. Just weird. You either switched or you didn't. I don't know. So Glenn flips out when he sees this and he chops Chucky into pieces. And Chucky's like, I'm proud of you, kid, as he's killing Chucky. But, you know, right before that, though, we get to this horrible... Ugh, I don't know where this humor comes from. This whole karate kung fu thing. Oh, and I just watched Cobra Kai Season 4. Guys, get on that show if you don't watch Cobra Kai. I mean, wow. Talk about great writing. Jesus Christ. Cobra Kai is amazing. I was there from from day one, boy. And it's been years. Years. And I'm so glad I've been through this whole journey. You've got to watch it. But back to this movie. So they do this kung fu fighting thing where he jumps up and does these weird flips and whatever. And I think it's all because he found, you know, he saw that I was made in Japan thing. So he figured I'll do as Japanese people do, which I'm sure now people would say is racist and all this stuff. Like, even like the Japanese, like music cues and stuff every time he looks at the made in Japan thing. <laughs> yeah, because Japanese people fight. That's what they do, right? That's all they do. But yeah, they use that in this movie. And it's atrocious. I hate this stuff. It's it's almost like the it's almost like the scary movie humor when that girl did the uh, the Matrix fighting or whatever it is. But yeah, it's just I hate this type of humor. I don't know who's laughing at this or who would think this is necessary. But yeah, that was lame. So yeah, he chops Chucky up, kills him. Jennifer Tilly again. Like I said, her she wakes up as Tiffany. So the thing that she injected into her uh, tube there no longer makes her sleepy and knocks her out as long as Tiffany's consciousness is in Jennifer Tilly's body and not Jennifer Tilly's. Somehow the blood that's flowing through her veins doesn't have the same effect in it if another personality's in there. But yes, anyway, she's awake and yeah, all proud of Glenn. I guess takes him and then splits his soul into the twins. 
So we get a flash forward five years, uh, f- fifth birthday party. So Jennifer Tilly's housekeeper likes Glenn and hates Glenda. So remember, when Glenn was dressing up as a girl, that's when he did the killing. And even that scene when he reveals himself after he kills the assistant and on fire and throws her over the banister, where she falls over it, uh, that when he when he turns and he's in that chick's outfit and his face and the the angles and the lighting, just a, a very well done moment and reveal. It just looked really good. I think Don Mancini put a lot into this, and it's a shame that he went all out and people, like, hate it. To the point where it's the last theatrical release, and it probably will never get another one. I'm not even sure if the remake got a theatrical release. I never even looked into it. And he wanted to mention Glenn in, like, um, Curse of Chucky, I think it was, and the studio said, nope, 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 do not mention Glenn. We don't want to hear about Glenn. So Tiffany kills her housekeeper, smashing her with the uh, Tiffany doll. It's the twins' fifth birthday, and Glenda, the human Glenda, that hair? I don't know. Something comes off as wrong with this whole end scene. I hate everything about it. I hate the way it looks, the feel of it, the way everyone acts. I hate the looks of those kids. I hate the way Glenda looks. That big red hair on her head. I don't know what that is. She looks like a raggedy ant, like a human raggedy ant doll in the worst of ways. I think the point of that was because it was Chucky's sperm. So there's no way the kids could be perfectly human or I don't know what, but the boy didn't look that crazy. I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking at, really, but I, I don't like it. And then we get a lame jump scare at the end where the boy opens up a birthday present. and It's a Chucky arm and it chokes him or whatever. Like that was just dumb. I don't even know why we needed that lame ass shit at the end. So it was nice to see Tiffany and Chucky finally getting along in this movie. Uh, I like that. I like the team stuff. You know, they had their things like, no, we can't kill. Yeah, we have to kill. No, we don't, you know. I like it, though. It's really what I wanted out of this movie. People hate it, but I don't mind Tiffany flashing Chucky and showing her doll tits so he has some whacking material. I don't know. I don't think it was the stupidest thing. in the. I, I've had girlfriends that have done that. I don't know if I was going to go whack off it. Like, I don't know if it was the same reason, but I've had girlfriends that done that to me, sure. Like, they were leaving for whatever reason. I said, no, wait, blah, 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 blah. And they just did that and then left. Like, maybe I was like, no, wait, let's do something first. And they go, I can't. But here. And they would do that and then leave, you know? The whole thing, like, the character arc of, you know, the great moment of Chucky finally being okay to be a doll and Tiffany saying, I'm sorry, it's not enough. I just want more. I guess it's over between us. Like, that was a better way for them to stop getting along. Well, I wouldn't even say that. Tiffany finding out Chucky never wanted to marry her or take her seriously was just a good enough reason for them to stop getting along and bride Chucky. But here, it was definitely a good reason for them to not, to just part ways in this movie. Like, she, fi- we finally got these assholes on the bed. We could finally switch our bodies into them and you don't want to anymore. It's like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm out of here. I don't want to do this. I want to be a human. So I don't think we're made for each other anymore. And she's breaking... Like, it, it was just really good. And even Chucky coming to the realization and how he came to it. I have mixed feelings on this, mostly positive feelings. I know this will be a very unpopular opinion. Please leave your comments. Leave your comments for every every review. No matter what review it is or whatever, on Facebook or YouTube or whatever, however you see this, however you could communicate, leave your opinion. And maybe I'll do a show one day with all your opinions and all the contradictions you made or 
maybe if you guys agreed, or maybe if I turned you around on something. I did have some people tell me that that I'm turning them around on on the child's play movies in general. Like, yeah, I never really. I think it was Cody Robinson who might have said, yeah, or I, I know he said he told me once uh, I make J Lo movies sound a lot better than they are. <laughs> I don't know if he was insulting or or complimenting. I'm not really sure what he meant by that. If I. He didn't say, uh, you're making me like them more. He just said, you make them sound better than they are. I know did, somebody did say that I'm making them think more positively about Child's Play movies, and me doing these made me think more positively. It's almost like Married with Children. When I did those shows, Like I couldn't believe how well they held up under scrutiny 30 years later. And now that I'm deep diving into these movies, I'm not finding that many problems with these movies. I'm not saying that when people are done watching them, they won't go, meh. But I'm saying, when I go to give an in-depth review on them, I don't find a ton of flaws. Especially, not as many as I thought I would. But, yeah, I give this movie... I think we're gonna go again with a 3.5 out of 5. I know I've given that a lot. You could even take that as a 4 out of 5 for a lot of these. Like, depends how I say the words. Like, I really like it. Or, I really like it. Because that's what that rating means. I really like it. Netflix. Old old style ratings. Now it's just a thumbs up or down, unfortunately. And then I keep giving a 3.5 for these. Because I don't know if I, if I want to say I really like it. But wouldn't that have meant that I would have watched them a ton of times in the last 10 years? If I really like something? And I don't. I only get into Chucky modes. I, I'm really going for it with this new TV show. But yeah, I'm getting into it. For sure. And I don't regret it, and I'm looking forward to the next season of the TV show. Now, I don't want anyone to misconstrue anything I'm trying to say here. I'm not saying there's a masterpiece. I'm just saying that this humor, there's a place for it. There's an audience for it. I know you smartasses are going, yeah, there is a place for it. The fucking garbage. No, I mean, for real. Like, you know, this type of humor has a place. It's not really that bad to me. I don't know. Listen, what does it matter? But as for next week, so, like I told you, I just watched all these movies. I don't really want to watch Curse and Cult again. I just watched them. You probably either never heard the review, especially if you're an only exclusive YouTube listener, and you're missing out on like a million shows. If you're a YouTube listener, one guy told me, he said to me, you have other shows besides the ones you loaded on YouTube? And I was like, there's like a hundred other shows. So if you're like a Skeleton Crew listener, and you only listen on YouTube, yeah, you're missing like a hundred shows. Because I only put like a few reviews, I hardly ever put the whole show on YouTube, and I will only do this just to get more followers. But anyway, go to podcast apps. Those have every single Skeleton Crew show ever. And if you like that, why miss out on so much? I did so much. Jamie did so much. Dan and Dave, so much. That is not on these YouTube channels. So please go to your podcast app, whatever it is. Look up top 10 podcast apps and pick one and download it to your phone. Look up Skeleton Crew and there you go. Super easy. I forgot my point and all that. Oh, right. So I'm... I don't want to do these again, the next two movies, so I know you didn't hear these reviews before, so I'm going to go ahead and re-release those reviews over the next two shows, and I'll probably record an intro and an outro for both of them, much like I did for Bride of Chucky. 
So you'll get a nice little flashback to old Skeleton Crew days and all this stuff. And then uh, I'll wrap it up with some modern um, takes on whatever these movies are. Okay. Thanks for listening. And uh, probably next Monday and Thursday, you'll get a show. Later. Later.